Hello and welcome to Birkbeck Voices. I'm Louisa Ackerman and today I'm talking to Dr Sarah Thomas from the Department of History of Art. She will be delivering a talk about compensation, slavery and British culture on the 5th of July at Birkbeck's Stratford campus as part of our Big Ideas lecture series. This is free to attend but does require booking. I will leave the link to book a place in the description of this podcast. Hello Sarah, can you explain a little bit about the impact that slave ownership and slavery has had on Britain's major cultural institutions? Yes, I can. So this is a a project that I've been working on for some time now. It comes out of a larger project that's been going on at at UCL and uh, Professor Catherine Hall and Nick Draper and others have been really looking at the moment in 1833. So in 1833, Britain emancipated her slaves across the empire, in the British Caribbean, in Mauritius, in the Cape Colony, right across the empire. And at that moment in time, part of the the deal was that every slave owner, every British slave owner, would be compensated for the loss of their slaves. My project fits into that larger project by really honing in on collectors, connoisseurs, patrons, trustees of art museums in Britain who were also slave owners. And we know exactly who those slave owners were now, thanks to to the work of the team at UCL. In terms of art museums and the the legacy that, that we have today, there are several ways in which slave ownership has left its legacy. And what I'm wanting to do is is to really trace a narrative that has long been made invisible. It's a story that that is yet to be told. In terms of the museums, some of the ways include the collections themselves. Now, many slave owners, and this won't be surprising to, to many listeners, many slave owners poured some of their wealth into the acquisition of, of major old master and contemporary British works of art. So major paintings by the, the most famous artists of the day, Titian, Correggio, Leonardo, Michelangelo. These kinds of names and these kinds of acquisitions then found themselves in the collections of, of places like the National Gallery, like the National Galleries in Scotland, the, the major museums both in, in London but right across uh, Britain's civic towns as well, Britain's civic art museums. So we can trace the provenance, if you like, so the, the, the ownership of those works to slave owners. So that's one way in which we can start to, to look at the, the impact that slave ownership had on Britain's art museums. Another way uh, is to look at slave owners as trustees and so some slave owners were, were deeply involved in the establishment of, of art museums in, in Britain. So Stanhope, for example, Philip Stanhope, was the inaugural chairman of the National Portrait Gallery when it um, was, was formed in, in 1856, and he certainly appears on the, the register of British slave owners. So these are, are some of the ways, some of the, the main ways. The, the third way, really, in which we can look, start to look and unpack the ways in which slave ownership has had a, an important impact on art museums is what's in the paintings, so the portraits of, of slave owners. And until the last 
few years really thanks to the work that's being done. Um, slave owners were often euphemistically termed uh, members of the, the West India constituency. They weren't called slave owners. So that kind of story needs to be uh, reinscribed into, into those narratives, so into those museum uh, labels, for example, and into the interpretation that, that museums are doing on their, their collections. So portraits, but also landscapes, landscapes of, of country houses that were acquired by the proceeds of slave owners. So you've just explained how former slave owners were compensated by the British government on the emancipation of slaves to compensate for their lack of income. Do you think that these museums and collectors should be now looking at offering compensation themselves, um, either to the descendants of slaves or to the countries where the slaves were taken from? So this is a big question, and it's an important question. It does go beyond the, the scope of my own project, but it certainly is a a burning question, and many scholars have been been asked about this. My own project is really drawn by um, the the significance of reinscribing a story that has been made invisible. So this this sense in which not only the history of slavery, but also the the impact of of empire more generally has often been been really made invisible in terms of of uh, Britain's not only Britain's cultural history but Britain's modern history. So this this project is really about reinscribing that history and and finding out the the information that can then be drawn on by uh, many other scholars. And I know that there are many uh, descendants of of slaves, for example, in the Caribbean and, and elsewhere, who are working very hard to seek uh, reparations for um, slavery. My project um, is, a, is a separate project which doesn't have that as, a, as an end point, but certainly I hope that it will be useful for scholars to, to draw on for, for their work in a wide range of ways. Thank you very much again for joining me today, and if you would like to book your free place at Sarah's talk on the 5th of July, the link is in the description below.